in this situation. He took a pitch in the back. He got beamed for crying out loud. We used heart attack. Lee. Managers on a major league baseball team don't make decisions. Credibility in this situation is worse than losing your job. Was it over with the Germans bomb Pearl Harbor? The castration of the major league baseball managers. We know it. Ask me about my winner. If you're going to summarize the earlier part of free agency and baseball, you'd see it is certainly a player's market. And this means a lot when it comes to the attempts by the owners of Major League Baseball to curtail salaries, which once again goes back to the days of the Peter Seitz decision of December of 1975. And the reason I bring this up is because the goal has been to curtail players' salaries. And it hasn't been, it wasn't since the advent of the Players Association and free agency where player salaries have skyrocketed. And for those that don't believe that players in baseball should be paid as much as they are, well, if there wasn't somebody to pay that player, then that market wouldn't exist. In other words, it's a supply and demand type of issue. If it was one team, one owner, Let's say, you know, George Steinbrenner in the past with the Yankees, or you could talk about Steve Cohen now with the New York Mets. If it was one owner that was just signing all the players to ridiculous salaries, then I'd understand the point. But when you got the Texas Rangers signing Jacob DeGrom for $185 million, the New York Mets signing Justin Verlander for $88 million or $86 million for two years, and then you got the Philadelphia Phillies signing Trey Turner for $300 million over the course of of 11 years, the bottom line is that there's more than one owner in baseball that's willing to spend what it takes to get the players. And I understand when it comes to the standard battle that exists. You have a player that's a free agent that's looking to get X amount of money. And maybe, maybe they're asking for too much money. On the other side, you have the owner, you have the the front office, the general manager of said team saying, hey, I value the player at this, and this is all that I'm going to pay him. What it's going to come down to, if you look at the track record of these three free agents that I just mentioned, and free agency as it goes forward, as it applies to Aaron Judge, as it applies to Carlos Correa, as it applies to, Car- as it applies to Carlos Rodon, and the many other free agents that are out there, there's going to be a team that's going to be willing to concede and give the player what they want. So when you're looking at Aaron Judge and saying, hey, there's a tax that should be paid by Aaron Judge to be a New York Yankee, the Yankees are either going to have to have the best offer or they're going to have to come on to plan B. Plan B would be to do whatever else they want. Maybe get a shortstop, maybe emphasize starting pitching, maybe try to blow the uh, Tigers, I'm sorry, the Pirates away and make a deal for Brian Reynolds. Those things will probably happen as a a kind of a fallback if uh, they don't end up signing Aaron Judge. But I'll tell you, it's really the first time where you're looking at an iconic Yankees player. And I know I've mentioned this on the show a couple times, that it's not such a guarantee that they're going to be returning to the Yankees. It's not going to be an easy thing for the Yankees and Aaron Judge to just come to a deal. Especially if the Yankees are saying, hey, this is all that we value you at. There's going to be other teams. And I know the Giants have been spoken about as being the favorite because Aaron Judge is from the Bay Area. 
I don't know if they're the ones to come up with the best offer. There's going to be other teams that are out there to say, you know what, if I could go to nine or ten years, I could get Aaron Judge. And I mentioned before on a couple shows ago about the value that Aaron Judge would have on a team like the Baltimore Orioles, a team that is on, the, on its way up, a team that has a ridiculously low payroll, a team that in the past have been show, has shown the willingness to spend and be a top spender in baseball. How about you invest in Aaron Judge for the next 10 years when you're, you're expecting your team to be at your best? The next five years look really good for the Baltimore Orioles. Why not enjoy him with one of the best players in baseball? Now, I don't know. You know, the Yankees just gave Brian Cashman a four-year contract extension, and I've discussed on this program before the fact that there is a close-knit group in New York with the Yankees, led by owner Hal Steinbrenner, Randy Levine's in the mix. You could say, hey, he's the, you know the Tampa representative there. There's Brian Cashman. There's the close lieutenants in the front office. And then there's Aaron Boone. The Yankees, there's Yankee fans out there that believe that at some point Cashman's getting fired. At some point Aaron Boone's getting fired. That's not happening. They actually have a the, as close of a knit of a group running that franchise as they ever have before. And it was proven when it was announced that Aaron Boone's coming back, his manager. It was proven again when Brian Cashman just got a four-year contract extension. Now, listen, it doesn't mean that there's going to be a different group of Yankees. But I, I think that they're all in agreement in what they believe that Aaron Judge is worth. And I think that's something very important to bring up. Because... There very well could be plan B, just like the Mets with Jacob DeGrom. Ultimately, they wanted to bring back Jake. Jake didn't want to come back to the Mets. That's what it came down to. He wanted to go somewhere else. He got he got the most money with the Texas Rangers over a five-year contract. It could probably be a six-year deal. And the Mets moved on and got Justin Verlander. I would expect the same thing to happen if, for some reason, Aaron Judge doesn't re resign with the Yankees. Now, you put a gun to my head and you say, is Aaron Judge really not going to re-sign with the Yankees? The Yankees are going to have to make the best offer. The best point that I can make is if you don't give the best offer in regards to most years, most amount of money, you're not going to get the player in the 2022-2023 free agency period in baseball. That's just a fact. So the Yankees need either ante up and maybe offer more than they were willing to to get the player that they want, or it's on to plan B. Point number two, Baseball Hall of Fame. First of all, congratulations to Fred McGriff. He's been a person that I've advocated for the Baseball Hall of Fame on this show. You know, if you look at guys like like Jack Morris and Alan Trammell and you know lately Jim Cott, those were those were all players that I really believed belonged in the Baseball Hall of Fame, and I'm so happy that they're going to enjoy baseball's highest honor. Similarly to the way I am with Fred McGriff. Fred McGriff, not just the 493 home runs, but the fact that he was a premier power hitter over the course of a couple decades. He really was, um, for whatever reason, overlooked by the baseball writers, by the Veterans Committee, so many years have gone by. Uh, do I believe that the the click that was put together, the 16-person panel for the Veterans Committee, uh, was uh, sort of, I, I, I don't know. 
kind of put together to help McGriff get in. I think it's kind of weird that he got 16 out of 16 votes. I'll admit that. And like I said, this comes from a person that is 100% crime dog Fred McGriff supporter. I want him in a baseball Hall of Fame. But once again, I think politics involve themselves in baseball. And I think the goal of the Veterans Committee this year was to get Fred McGriff in. And was to put people on the panel that were against the dudes that use steroids. Uh, I mean, you think Greg Maddox is voting for, for Bonds? Listen, he might, he might like Bonds as a hitter. But I'm sure he hated the fact that he used steroids. So my suggestion, and this is make two points about baseball and the Hall of Fame process, and you obviously know my stance already when it comes to the Baseball Hall of Fame. I think it's it, it's so involved in politics, and it's not like any other sport. Um, it's not fair that the players with the best stats or the best accomplishments on the field are not, not getting honored with baseball's highest honor. And that, that does bother me. And I'm wondering... If you could put together a committee of 16, whether it's writers, whether it's Hall of Famers, that have connections and would be in support of Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. And you wonder if they would vote for them in the Hall of Fame. And once again, it comes down, and I heard Joel Sherman mention this on the MLB Network, and I, I shout him out because I, I think it was a great point that he made. Who comes up with these committees? You know, what, what is the voting process? What is the uh, the vesting process when you're looking to bring these people in to be part of the voting committee? Steve Hurt you know, probably is representing, uh, uh, you know, the historian end, you know, the statistician end. And then you got some writers in there. You got a couple people from baseball front offices. You got executives. You obviously got Hall of Famers. Who gets to pick this? And once again, you hope that all the players in the Baseball Hall of Fame have a chance to be part of one of these committees at some point. And there are people in the Hall of Fame that support Barry Bonds and support Roger Clemens. And I'm sure there's people in the Baseball Hall of Fame that support Kurt Schilling as a player. And to me, if you want to believe that there's any more bullshit involved with the Baseball Hall of Fame, it's the whole take on Schilling. Schilling doesn't like the writers. The writers don't like what Kurt Schilling says. And they're going to hold him out out of spite. Which is the silliest thing that I've ever heard. And the other element that I've, I've spoken about, and I find this ridiculous, is that baseball's Hall of Fame cares more about holding people out than they do honoring the greatest to ever play. I believe if Michael Jordan was a Major League Baseball player and was just as dominant at baseball as he was at basketball. I believe that if Tom Brady was as dominant as at baseball as he was in the National Football League, I believe if Wayne Gretzky transcended baseball the way he transcended hockey, these idiots would find some way to not enshrine them into the baseball's highest honor in the Hall of Fame. And it's weird. And I look at I was looking at a word because I wanted to see how it would fit into what I'm talking about, and the word is woke, and I got the the the, the definition here as an adjective, and I'm not talking about waking up after a long sleep, aware of or actively attentive to important societal facts and issues. Now, it might not a hundred percent apply to my argument right here, but 
there's an element of this word that describes the baseball writers and now the veterans committee when it comes to the best players in the sport not being put in its Hall of Fame. Because it's like the baseball writers and now the veterans committee are trying to tell us that these players didn't exist. You got the player to hit the most home runs in baseball history, not in its Hall of Fame. You got the player that has the most hits in baseball history, not in its Hall of Fame. You got the players now with the adjustment of the Negro League stats with the fourth and fifth highest batting average in baseball history, not in its Hall of Fame. A player with seven Cy Youngs, not in its Hall of Fame. A player with 500 home runs and 3,000 hits, at one point was thought to be just, you know, automatic Hall of Fame, not in the Hall of Fame. You got a player with 3,000 hits and almost 700 home runs now being held out from the Hall of Fame. You got a player with 555 home runs held out of baseball's Hall of Fame. What gives? And you want to say, oh man, they use steroids. How many pro football players are in their respective Hall of Fame that use steroids? How many players are in the Baseball Hall of Fame right now that got away with using steroids? And I wonder, and I'm not going to call them out by name because it's not fair, because they're in. Once you're in, you know, all I want, what I want, and I think would be the most amount of justice when it comes to this whole thing, would be a player that's in the Hall of Fame saying, hey, I used. Yeah, good luck getting me out. You're not going to vote me off this island. Those are things that don't happen. Players don't get voted out of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Roberto Alomar, you know, did, did some really bad things after he was done playing. Nobody went in there and said, hey, we're going to take you out of the Hall of Fame. O.J. Simpson might have committed murder after he was in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So nobody was trying to take him out. So the problem is, is that the precedent has been set for years that players that have been devious, players that have done things that they weren't supposed to are still allowed in the Hall of Fame, got in the Hall of Fame. Cap Anson, like I said, was a racist piece of shit. Kennesaw Mountain Landis said, there will not be a black player playing on the same field as a white player over my dead body. And he meant it. It wasn't until Kennesaw Mountain Landis died as commissioner of Major League Baseball when he had a lifetime contract that there was even a chance of integration with baseball. And you think that's okay? And you're worried about players that are injecting themselves with performance-enhancing substances that, by the way, are only hurting themselves? You're telling me that 762 home runs is not a great thing? You're telling me that 73 home runs doesn't matter? Players thought I'd go out there and do it. And it's stupid political bullshit that we have to hear from all these people. Hey, we really got them. We're holding them out. All it is, is it's making a good contingent of baseball people more and more annoyed. And you're probably going to get some sort of turnover. Now, it didn't happen here in the Veterans Committee with this vote. Because I really believe that the, the committee was cherry-picked with the intention of getting Fred McGriff into the Baseball Hall of Fame. And that's fine. Fred McGriff belongs. And I'm glad he has his day. He may be the only one that gets in this year. I think uh, based off of what I expect to happen when it comes to the votes, Todd Helton probably has the best chance. Now, if it was up to me, A-Rod would be in. 
Manny Ramirez will be in, Gary Sheffield will be in. And those will be the first three because they're the three most deserving based off of their stats and their baseball careers. Unfortunately, we don't look at that anymore. We don't look at baseball stats when we judge a player in a Hall of Fame. We care more about politics. And I think it's the silliest thing that I've ever heard. This is the Past Ball Show brought to you by JohnPielli.com by um, St. Aloysius Church in Jackson, New Jersey. I'm sorry, I forgot for a second. By Two Ways, One Passion Food Truck located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. We're going to be back with you hopefully tomorrow. If not, we're going to try to do a couple more shows over the course of the week. Um, a lot of different things we're going to talk about. I do want to talk a little bit about Baker Mayfield. I think there's a lot of thought that him being released by the Carolina Panthers means he's a shoo-in to be signed by the San Francisco 49ers. We'll see what happens over the course of the next 24 hours. Obviously, there's going to be a lot more going on in baseball when it comes to free agency. I think Aaron Judge at some point, you know, in a relative soon, is going to be ready to make a decision. It's going to be interesting. Does, does, do the Yankees ante up and give Aaron Judge what he wants? Or do they let him walk? Because, you know, they've, they've had that mentality before. And it's usually when the Yankees have the best opportunity to win. There's a lot of teams in baseball that are trying. Certainly some that will give Aaron Judge and his agent what they're looking for. So we'll see you hopefully soon. God bless you. And as always, I'll see you on the other side. Chris Bryant was on the Chicago Cubs roster opening day. I have many leather-bound books. My apartment smells of rich mahogany. Why don't you give it all or a majority of it to the team that wins the freaking World Series? I was going to listen to that, but then I just carried on living my life. I may come out as the biggest Major League Baseball manager apologist. That'll only make someone work just hard enough not to get fired. Because hitters are going out there saying, I'm either going to hit a home run or I'm going to strike out. And if I don't get a pitch that I feel like I could drive out of the park. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Especially prospect whores and hoarders are going to be a little pissed off at me when I say this. I'm a dude the dude disguises another dude. There are only two managers in baseball's Hall of Fame who have losing records. One of them is the iconic Tommy Mack, who you could say, in spite of winning five World Series championships as a manager, could be in as much as a pioneer. And what side of the spectrum they're on? Were they pitching? Were they batting? If your favorite team was pitching and a ball got inside to hit a batter, there's no way it could have been on purpose. But if you were a fan of the team that was batting and a ball got inside and hit somebody or went behind somebody's head, absolutely 100%, unequivocally, that pitcher was throwing at They put their tail between their legs and decided they're going to do exactly what they're told. You damn well right better give him a contract extension. You damn well right better make him the manager over the next series of years. 35 years ago, I could have loaned your parents the money for an abortion.